Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing The Search for Peter Carey, which is episode 11 from season five and originally aired on the 5th of February, 1989. So this episode was written by, can anybody guess? Skoik? That's good. Is it Lansbury? <laughs> no, it's not Lansbury. Too early for Lansbury. Peter S. Fisher. It is Peter S. Fisher. Yes, oh. very good. I just saw the dramatic makeout. But there was only one. If it was Lansbury, there would have been about a thousand. Too true. And it wasn't, I don't know. It lacked the 90s edge of the Lansbury makeouts. So just a reminder, Peter S. Fisher has written a total of 40 episodes, um, including story and teleplay and all that sort of stuff. I've just added it all together. And the ones we've covered by him, this list is just getting longer and longer. (laughs) Tough Guys Don't Die, Widow Weep For Me, Sing a Song of Murder, A Little Night Work, Snow White, Blood Red, and The Last Flight of the Dixie Damsel. (laughs) So he's, I don't... A lot. I don't know if there's like a through line through any of those things, but anyways. Um, so this episode, Jessica is at the funeral of an old friend named Evelyn Carey. Evelyn, as it turns out, is the daughter-in-law of Andrew Carey, played by William Prince, who is, I guess, a very wealthy man. And 20 years ago, Evelyn's son, Peter Carey, went missing and has never resurfaced in all that time. And Andrew Carey is an older man and his son passed away when the son was quite young and now the daughter-in-law is gone and he's desperate to find the missing grandson. He's been searching all these years through his lawyer, Roger Philby, played by Mason Adams. So he's talking to Jessica and he thinks he's still gonna give it a go even though they've never managed to track down Peter. At the funeral is a man called Danny Schubert, played by Michael Beck, who's an old roommate of Peter Carey's, who Jessica remembers. Six months later, Danny invites Jessica to dinner at a sort of piano bar, and playing piano is Edie Lorraine, played by Lorna Patterson. She starts playing a song that Danny claims that only Peter would have known because Peter wrote it for their school. It was like a some sort of uh, show that the school had put on. So they question Edie. She says her boyfriend, Rick Barton, played by Mark Singer, has written it. So they then approach Rick Barton uh, to question him about whether he's actually Peter Carey. He claims he doesn't know anything before a car accident that he had 20 years ago, but he has a telltale scar that Danny claims resembles one that Peter had. So... Long story short, they bring Rick and Edie to Andrew Carey's house. Danny Schubert is there as well, along with his estranged white Leona Leona Schubert, played by Anita Morris. And And also there is an old housekeeper of Evelyn's named Alma Goodrich, played by Vanessa Brown, who's there to see if she can tell if it's Peter or not. Uh, Danny's obviously up to no good. It seems to all be, he's in it for the reward money. He ends up found dead. In comes um, police chief Miles Underwood, played by Lane Smith, and Sergeant Joe Rice, played by Sam Bottoms, to investigate. And a lot of stuff going on. And it turns out it was Leona Schubert, 
because Danny was going to try to take the money and run. In the midst of all that, we find out that Rick was actually in on the scam with Danny. But once Roger looks into the story a bit more, it turns out that Rick actually is Peter Carey. So even though he was trying to scam the old man, he is actually the right guy. And there is absolutely no trivia on this episode on IMDb. <laughs> so, I have I a question that, because I thought I misheard it at the beginning. Who was the daughter-in-law married to? So the daughter-in-law was married to Andrew Carey's son, but the son, he sort of very casually mentions in the beginning that the son died before he was 30. So I guess you're meant to think it was Evelyn her son, Peter, and then the grandfather, Andrew, sort of living all together as a family unit for that whole time. Um, because by the time they meet uh, Rick Barton slash Peter Carey, he's 40 odd, <laughs> 40 right, years old. He went missing like 20 years ago. Yeah, so it's been a long, but long he was time. Meant to be in like college. I, yeah, it yeah. was just more like, I didn't understand why she had to be a daughter-in-law but then it, it could have been his daughter and then the son-in-law. Wait, I mean, then I guess yeah. the, like sort of then urgency to find his long lost son would have maybe trailed off. So like I if guess one son had died quite young and he never found out about the other one. Then no, this isn't his son. It's his grandson. Oh. So it's the, his son's son. And Jessica was like best friends with the mom. Right. Wait, okay, so, wait, so Andrew's, so Andrew's the grand. Andrew is the grandfather. <laughs> and Andrew had a before he was thirty. He was thirty, and so and, and that son was married, missing when he was twenty. Yeah. So you're meant to think that maybe he died when Peter was a baby, and now it's been forty years later, and now, um, right, right, right. 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 It is a little confused because, like, when Evelyn dies. I guess the thing is like, it's, I guess you're meant to think they need to get rid of the person that might know whether it's her son or not right away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know, but you're right. It's a little confusing what the family relationships are. I mean, there was a question at the beginning of whether Roger Philby was Andrew Carey. I think we weren't quite sure <laughs> for a minute. Um, so yeah, this is, so we watched this episode in honor of Megan's birthday. Megan, Thank do you have you. any particular reason you chose this one? <laughs> I just find it entertaining and I really enjoy Leona as yeah. the sassy, I guess, soon to be possibly ex-wife of Danny. Although I guess I didn't realize watching it before, um, how much of a monster Danny is. Like he's obviously a really bad guy, but it was oh and I love I'm blanking on his last name Lane Smith, Smith yeah who plays the police officer he's amazing he's in Mighty Ducks number one and has that great line about you're not a has-been Bombay you're a never was <laughs> so you know Danny is like not a good guy from like pretty much right out the gate when him and Jessica are sad at dinner and he's smoking and she's like <coughs> yeah that was amazing <laughs> and then meanwhile Rick Barton smokes in her hotel room and she's like oh you and you're terrible you're like, Here's an ashtray. <laughs> yeah I mean it's well I like 
you know, I, I know we're going to do AJ nothing but a number and <laughs> all that stuff. And it has been 20 years, but for them to be behaving the way they're behaving at 40 feels a little bit old to be doing. Th- Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Danny pushing everybody's buttons. And then Rick's like, I'm just trying to figure out who I am. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> you've been living as a this little person high for 20 years. <laughs> well, it did have that. It's a little, it's got it. I, I don't know. I, I don't dislike this episode. And actually, I think you're right. I think Leona and uh, the police chief kind of yeah infuse a lot of personality into it because uh, Rick Barton doesn't particularly like carry the story. He's not like a particular interest. He's the thing no. everything's happening around. Um, and Michael Beck being kind of a jerk is amazing. <laughs> Other people, yeah. Yeah, like he's bad. I mean, but the story that I can't remember the other girl, the blonde girl. Uh, Edie. Edie tells about him like chasing around and just to like fend him off with a screwdriver is pretty bad. I feel like though, like in the 80s, it's like, yeah, that is, I agree. That is really bad. But you watch these shows and like, like yeah he made a pass at me and it's like today that would be like interested and you'd be like no <laughs> like but at the, in the 80s I guess it meant like trying to like chase someone down it's like that is dark like really dark but then like he <laughs> asked her to meet her in a garage like I would like no you don't go like even if even if this sleazeball is gonna tell your boyfriend like that's bad news bears i'm gonna say something and you know this goes against every single one of my principles about this show okay like i mean our podcast not murder she wrote i'm not sure if it was the direction or if it was the reading of it but (laughs) the way that character conveys information is all at one note so you're not getting any kind of like Grays to what she's saying. Wait, like she's who? Like, Edie? Edie. Yeah, okay. So she's like, everything is a bit like kind of upset surprise. So it's like, yeah, he hit on me and I, I ran around and it was like, it's like that kind of thing. And she's like, he betrayed me just as much as he betrayed you. It's like, I feel like if there was some, and that, that's probably just the direction of what that character's supposed <laughs> to be. She's supposed to really not know and like be kind of innocent. But it just comes across as like strangely defensive. Yeah. Like always comes across as defensive. And it's like, well, no, if that character really didn't know, and if she really did just have her boyfriend's best interest at heart when she went out, you know, when she met up with this guy to try to clear her boyfriend, it's like that, I feel like that would look different in terms of the overall, com- how to, like the performance. Like, I think it, I think the trouble is it comes across kind of disingenuous sometimes the way that it's portrayed. And I think that makes you question that character more than I, I, but then maybe you're meant to, I don't know. I just feel like it, I didn't, it was also kind of like, ah, you know, 
Yeah. There's a like, lot of like, wait, what did she just say? Yeah, <laughs> no, and like, at one crazy. point, at one point, Jessica says, What did he say to you? And she said the usual that I really turned him on. And I'm like, I would have had a much different reaction if someone had <laughs> like hit on me that hard. I probably would feel very uncomfortable. But right. it might be a combination of the times and just the direction she was given on like how to um say the lines and, and stuff. the fact that you had to like chase him off with a screwdriver yeah pretty dark I didn't really catch that the first time around I mean well and if she did think it was Rick like watching them from outside and he saw his fiance being like chasing someone around that was like essentially like trying to kind of assault her yeah you think he maybe wouldn't wait for her to leave before he burst into like defend her as well so right something to happen i just i hate i feel sick to my stomach even saying anything about it because it's like i just don't mean to be critical of like the performance but i just i didn't think it i didn't think it conveyed quite with the episode (laughs) need like I don't know to give it a bit more of a layer to it I think I mean if we're gonna go there I mean I thought Rick was kind of annoying super annoying I didn't mind him I think when you're the nice people when this which is what they are in this episode Edie and Rick are the nice people that this is all sort of happening around it's like you're not always the most interesting, especially when you have like a con man and yeah. Leona and the sassy lying cop. <laughs> not lying, but like sort of playing. Right, he was like shucks. doing his act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're not gonna, oh God, am I gonna have to cut all this? <laughs> no, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be like, it's like a B roll. Even yeah. though the whole story is around you and whether or not you are the person that went missing, it's, it's a backseat to all the other characters because those are pretty mm. big characters. And I think you've kind of got to like fade to the background and kind of be a little bit more subdued, totally. which might be annoying. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mind him, but um, I mean, with um, Leona and the police chief, I felt like it was sufficiently crowded. Yeah. 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 I think that's how I remember it is that like, I really enjoy those two. So, and I do, it is kind of funny in the beginning when Danny is trying to tell Jessica he's trying to get stuff for sick kids and he's like, and she clearly hates him. And, you know. The bit where he's like, he's like, I I heard of this plan and I thought, oh, gee, you know who might be interested in this? Like, oh, wait a minute, you know? (laughs) Just like typical con man talk. And Jessica could like smell it a mile off and she's just like, no, 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 no. And then he's like, oh gosh, he he has a line about either Rick or someone said that she and Rick's mom or whatever Peter Carey's mom were the two best of friends on God's green earth or something like that like Jessica's got a lot of best friends (laughs) yeah she does she sure does so like that lady should just take a number maybe well speaking of best friends I mean this guy I mean I know it was all part of the con and whatnot but like to remember so much about your college roommate from 20 years ago who went missing I mean what they knew each other for like a couple years he's like no Peter did this and Peter did that remember (laughs) remember and to like coach 
the guy on how to con these people who really know him. Like it just, I don't I don't know much about people I haven't seen in like a year. Like I don't let alone like 20 years. You don't remember all their scars? <laughs> exactly <laughs> where they are. That's weird, Glennis. <laughs> I guess you're not a very good friend, Glennis, if you don't remember where every single scar is. I mean, I like you and I are sisters. I'm not sure I could tell you where you have scars or how oh. you play with a watch. I'm not sure I would the know wa- that the watch detail. Thing was funny because Alma's reaction made me laugh where she's like <gasps> and grabs his shoulder. <laughs> she's like, she like grips that old man's shoulder. <laughs> that is true. But and then Danny would have remembered, like, you're right, Glenn. It's like I don't remember like I guess quirks that who, like, think about your college friends that like who I'm like still friends with. Yeah, or like that, like you know, I had friends that I was close with the college that like, you know, different paths. I don't know if I remember a single quirk that they would have had to like coach someone on how to pretend to be them. You know what this reminds me of, obviously, because this is like the most famous story of this, is of course Anastasia. (laughs) I'm talking about the cartoon, not the real life series of events, which is incredibly tragic. Or not the Frankie Drake, where they're trying to figure out if they found (laughs) 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 Frankie Drake. Oh my God. It's a really good one with the Cossacks. Yeah, Susanna, I'm just... I'm sitting here patiently waiting for Frankie Drake season four to become available. I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I did. Oh, okay. Can I just, I'm going to add something really quick in, Glynis, and then I'm going to, sorry, and then I'm going to give you the floor, but I feel like I need to say this. And I know I've said this before about when this all ends, when we finish the thousand million episodes of Murder, She Wrote, what show do we do next? And I actually think Frankie Drake is a really good option because every episode's different. Every episode they meet different people. There's different, you know, there's different 1920s events <laughs> too. And I just feel like that would be kind of a nice one. Anyways, Glennis, go on. I feel like Megan wants to do Magnum PI or Love Boat. No, no too many Love Boats, I think. Okay. I would 100% do Magnum P.I., but I think Death in Paradise would be a fun one. Frankie Drake would also be good. You can delete this, but it's like, it would be nice if they ever gave her like a nice haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they do in season four. Yeah, Susanna, is it better? It is, they let it, um, it's not, it's, God, this is. So no, that's a no. This whole episode of of burning, it's a, they let it grow out a little bit. So I think it looks more like that actress's natural haircut, which is a kind of longer blonde, uh, sort of not bob, but like kind of a shoulder length thing. She looks good. I mean, to me, like, you know, I always really like Trudy's fashions. And I have to say the most recent season, she looks amazing. So I, you know, she always does. I think they really like, sometimes I think they dress her a little bit older not not because she's older but she's meant to be more like traditional than what Frankie is right anyways Glynis go on (laughs) I was gonna say yes about the Anastasia thing a bit different as she was like a prominent historical figure and like Mm. a lot of people would know stuff about her instead of this guy 
from Chicago. Just okay. like Peter Carey. How did he end up in Nebraska? He um an army deserter. <laughs> no, he wasn't an army deserter. He was part of, I mean, he was in an anti-war riot in 68 in Chicago. And I looked, I just looked it up. And okay. there was a, there were protests at that time. And then he got he arrested. He was in a car with an army. And then, yeah. No, he got arrested at the riots and then they couldn't find him, I thought. So he got, so what the sequence of events was, yes, Ashley, you're right. And I'm glad you Googled that because all I wrote down was Democratic Convention, 19, September 1968, Mayor Daley and the cops. And yeah. then they got arrested there and in jail, he met Clayton Smith or whatever his name was, who was the army deserter. They then went on a road trip. I go, guess you end up back in Arizona where Clayton was from and en route, they got into a bad accident and Clayton died. Is that right? So. Okay. He's the guy why, that died in the car accident. Why right. would he be trying to go with this random dude to Arizona? Because he was he was done with school and I think he was just roaming around having his um, Jack Kerouac sure. moment. Yeah, I just thought that was confusing about like the, how he would have ended up from Chicago down to, I think it was Lincoln, Nebraska. And They explained it. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did sort of say. Damn it! Okay, guys. I watched. I watched this episode twice. <laughs> and not to I, mention the million other times you've seen. Sure. This I guess you're right. What happens to me when I watch this episode is I completely forgot about anything but leona and the police officer i get it and the watch thing the watch thing really stayed with me as like a oh my god that's him and i mean candidly i completely forgot how jessica knew these people and just kind of didn't i just like went with it i was like she must know them from school it was like a token line it was the same as in no laughing murder where they're like here's a photo of jessica with my wife who's no longer with us and that can't corroborate my wife (laughs) (laughs) but they don't say how she knows her they she just sends schools the old the grandfather when he thinks she doesn't know Alma. And she's like, I've been coming here for 30 years. And, you know. But didn't know Evelyn was dying. I mean, that is like, well, not I guess, great. okay. Yeah. Maybe she hadn't been there recently. Oh, I don't know. I liked Alma. And I yeah. felt like she and Andrew had a very warm relationship, which I thought was quite sweet. Are you trying to make a relationship happen like you Are did? Are you shipping them? No. Because I feel that like- other, that old lady. And kissing that weird cop. Okay. <laughs> and then they ended up. I don't up know in- that we're ever going to agree on that. <laughs> Wait, what was this? It was the one with Haley Mills. He's, and we yeah. don't know who that woman oh, was saying yeah. goodbye His to him. Why? Really? I- <laughs> and he sent him back to heaven. Yeah. I'm not trying to make a relationship. I feel like the love of Andrew Carey's life is Roger Philby. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree. Because they had, I, and I really liked Roger. I did Because too. He, he came out, he, sat, he seemed like he was going to be kind of a stuffed shirt, kind of boring dude. And he had some real zingers in this episode. Like I, the, halfway through, I was like, this is a real character <laughs> that I wasn't quite, ex- I was expecting another um, Sterling 
not Sterling, what was his name? Ward Silloway from uh, Error of Her Ways, where he's like the kind of hand-wringing financial advisor. She's like barely <laughs> in the episode. Yeah. I thought that might be Roger, but actually Roger was very, um, he became a lot more interesting. And just the complication of having to be the person to try to vet all of these people. Yeah, is, I, I liked you know, him interesting. too. Well, I was worried he was going to be crooked because sometimes they are. I know. It all it all worked out. I, I made that. mom and dad watch it with me last night, and mom was concerned too that Roger was the bad guy. Not Roger. Not, well, I don't. You know, not not lovely Roger. No. <laughs> Poor old Andrew. <laughs> I mean, um, I he one of the things I liked that he said was when Danny was smoking, and he says. There are no ashtrays in this house. I would have thought someone as astute as you, Mr. Schubert, would grasp the significance of that. <laughs> it's like, oh, shots fired. Well, and then Leona <laughs> follows up with, it's a pleasure watching you in action, big fella. <laughs> I did think that was really funny. It sort of was a shock to me in a way that it was Leona because you're like, it just feels like, why would she even care? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like she feels so much better than this dude. And it's like, why would she even waste sort of her time on him? Like, I, I mean- just think she had been screwed over by him for like so many times that, and he wasn't paying her any money. And this was her chance to kind of get even, I mean, well, and then I thought there was a kind of a throwaway line at the end that they thought it was manslaughter. Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe because they liked her. No, I thought they said something. I couldn't follow any of like how he ended up in Lincoln with the army deserter, but I did. (laughs) I get what he said. I missed the manslaughter, so. The army deserter had mentioned to his sister that he was driving home with a rich kid from St. Louis. That all happened at then. Yeah. I did remember them saying something about they thought it was manslaughter. So I was going to say, this is our second redhead that we've had in what I now call an Oli situation. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Penroy's vacation, we remember that there was also sort of a con man spurned, estranged yep. wife who kills oh, him. And they, and they both had red hair. Uh, that one and... Um, All the Barbara Babcocks. Oh, oh yes. She's not always bad. Sometimes she's the victim. The victim. But she's bad and then she dies. She's too yeah. concerned about her career. Yeah. Yeah. No, God, we all know me. where that gets you. <laughs> <laughs> on one of those little toy trains Ooh. with your clip-on missing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who was that? Who was her assistant? Oh, the uh, lady. Moffitt? Moffitt? Moffitt. Moffitt. Yes. Moffitt with her pursed ears. Pier- first ears. Pierced ears? Yeah. Feel to read it, edit Not that there. out. <laughs> her pursed her <pursed> ears. <laughs> <laughs> but you either want to be the murderer or you want to be the victim, right? On Murder, She Wrote. Because I feel I like I want to be Jessica. You- <laughs> well, yeah. Or you want to be the sassy cop. Yeah, apparently. Or the hunky cops like deputy. Ooh. 
Okay, yeah, settle down, Glennis. We all know Sergeant how you feel. <laughs> Honestly, as soon as he popped up, it's like, yeah, Glennis like who's that? Mind. Who's that? <laughs> was he in anything else? Okay, so there are, I thought there were, okay, there's a movie called The Last Picture Show. Yes, and I remember him from that. Is he the one that's having... No, see, I don't think Phyllis. There's like three <laughs> Bottoms brothers, and I, I think he might be the one. Gosh, sorry, let he me look. Seabiscuit. Yeah, he, Sam Bottoms. Do you remember? Have you guys seen the Last Picture Show recently? He plays no. The, there's a mute, a mute kid that lives in town. Yeah. So not the one that's hooking up with Cloris Leachman. Right. Well, not the guy. Yeah. Is, okay. is this the one with Jeff Bridges and Sybil Shepard? Yes. Yeah. It's a real laugh riot, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, movie. Okay. So the, the other brother. Yeah. So sadly, this guy that Glennis likes passed away at 53. But there was another sibling that. I thought that there, I thought that there was like a Timothy Bottoms. Is that yeah. one of the brothers? Let me look. Yeah. He's the. I think he's the main, he, yes, he's the main guy, well, second main guy in the last picture show. And now does, he kind of looks like um, George W. Bush. So he would do a lot of impressions. Is he the one that was in, who is in Ordinary People? That's not no, a that, body. Oh, is that Timothy Hunt? Yeah. And I do, I do have to say, I have seen that more times than I've seen the last picture show. That's so sad. It is a really sad one. It's sad, but I absolutely love Mary Tyler Moore in it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not it's not great. I don't know. I, I have an inkling for the depressing. So, but speaking of depressing, um, there were some references in this episode that I thought were interesting. It was there was a reference to a Steve McQueen movie, Never oh, Love yeah. a Stranger. And then there was a reference to the mayor of Casterbridge and talk about a laugh riot. Um, and so I was trying to read the synopses to see if they like mirrored any of the plot points in the show, but they don't. Um, but yeah. <laughs> one the critique- Casterbridge is the one where he like gives away his wife and kid, right? And then right. Like- one of the critiques of the mayor of Casterbridge is that it was incorporating too many incidents. And <laughs> Yeah, I would straight up. <laughs> I would say that Thomas Hardy includes many incidences upon his characters, and I think that's a critique. Because didn't he do Tess of the D'Urbervilles? Yeah, he did of um, all and Jude, Jude, Jude the Jude. Oh my god, I stumbled yes. into that movie adaptation <laughs> with Kate Winslet, and I quickly saw my way out of there. That's a rough. So one. I've read The Mayor of Casterbridge, and I remember liking it. So it's funny that he would say, "Yeah, I picked up like this really boring book," and that's what the book would be. It's actually not boring, but it's really depressing. It's just, but I would say of them, the mayor, there's always, always in a Thomas Hardy book, one couple that ends up okay. That's true. And actually there are some, uh, not Return of the Native. What's the one that um, Carrie Dorset? Mulligan? Uh, no, the one Carrie Mulligan was in the adaptation of not that long ago. Anyways, there is one where it ends up okay, but it's after like trials, <laughs> a lot of trials and tribulations. But yeah, I liked the sick Thomas Hardy burn where it's like, this looks boring because it's not Updike or whatever. And you're like, great. <laughs> and um, the, weirdly, 
love with a proper stranger which is the movie that they're talking about with Audrey oh I thought Hepburn. it was never love a stranger I <laughs> I don't know how I came across that movie the other day this is before we watched the episode and I was like what kind of title is that <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to make sense of it I just couldn't <laughs> um but yeah I agree with Megan like Mary Casterbridge is I don't know though it's like if you're wanting to read, like, what was the other one he said? It was Updike. Tess of the Durbervilles and Jude the Obscure. Oh, the book he said? I don't Vonnegut. Know. He said Vonnegut. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I'd rather read Vonnegut. Well, Vonnegut's at least short, so. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some, like, dark humor. It is. I think he's clippy. Well, and Thomas Hardy is, like, it's all m- melodrama. So it is quite meandering sometimes. Yeah, it feels, it's just so, they're all just so sad. Yeah. What is the one I'm thinking of? Not, it's, Megan, come on. Far from the Madden crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, is that Hardy? Oh, let me look it up. The only Thomas Hardy I read. (laughs) The only Thomas Hardy I read is Mayor of Casterbridge, and I had to write a paper on it, and I used to, there's a long-standing joke in my family that whenever I would write a, paper in high school it was like always started off with there are many similarities between whatever but also many differences <laughs> <laughs> that's classic essay writing stuff from the book and it was like here there and everywhere people are dying before their time and I just remember being like this is good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always started mine with like throughout time, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, keep it specific. <laughs> I always started with a quote, but Megan has paragraphs that are labeled here and then a paragraph labeled everywhere. That's so weird. I also wrote a paper on Mayor of Casterbridge. Yes, you did, and you told me, and I was like, God, I don't know. We read Tess of the Durbervilles and I don't think I'm going to like it. And you're like, this is very sad (laughs) look I compared it what were the three books it was like do you remember this we had to write a dissertation on three books mine was Mayor of Casterbridge Picture of Dorian Gray and uh, I can't remember the last one and I don't know what I was talking about in those except like men are terrible Uh, (laughs) I don't know what the thread is between all three of those I think I picked like three Oprah book club books and said the perseverance of spirit or something like that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but those books are so sad look but guess what I'm sure there were a lot of similarities but also some differences. Yeah, it was a lot of different setting, but same theme. Let me show you. Yeah. (laughs) Trust and believe. Okay. Uh, Also, I said, Edie doesn't know who Edward R. Murrow is. And I, is that someone, is that the guy that was in, that they made the movie of uh, Good Night and Good Luck? Okay. Then I know who that is. (laughs) That's how I know him. David Strathairn. Yes, it's David Strathair. Yeah. <laughs> That's who it is. <laughs> That's who it is. <laughs> I like, literally only know the poster. And I'm like, I think I got this. I think I know it, like in history who this is. Throughout time, uh, Edward R. Murrow has been a very important figure in 
uh, let's see. I um, I'm so glad you remembered that line from the Mighty Ducks because I was trying to remember it oh, without yeah. looking it up. It's such a good one. You're not a has been Bombay. You <laughs> never was. He's such a great villain in that movie. Oh, so good. Did Gordon. he play opposite? <laughs> did he play opposite uh, Joe Pesci and my cousin Benny? Was he the prosecutor or the BA? It did look, say that me... on IMDb that he was in it, but I've actually never seen my cousin Benny all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen bits and bobs. I think I saw it for a year straight the year after it came out to so like 95 <laughs> and then I never watched it again. <laughs> It's a lot like with What About Bob. I watched it the full year it was yeah. out on TNT or TBS, and then I. What about Bob? <laughs> I can't. Ashley, do you know that Marissa Tomei is an anagram of It's a Me, Mario? No. <laughs> no. It's literally, I like Marissa Tomei, I think she's fantastic. It is now all I think about whenever she comes up in conversation is I'm like, because obviously Mario. Come up often? Well, every once in a while we'll be watching TV or something. <laughs> She'll be in a movie that's on it. I'm like, oh no, don't say it. <laughs> but it's because Mario is so present in our household that I feel like I think about it a lot. <laughs> I would. I would think about it every day. <laughs> Um, I feel like Megan, you need a portable bar that the maid brings in on an evening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and are we to think that that's Alma has to bring in that bar every night? Uh, really that's just like a bar cart. I was uh, under oh, the okay. impression that Alma was a guest in the household at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wrote that down too. I wrote a portable bar. Like... <laughs> You're right. Okay, it's just a bar cart. That's yeah. I mean, I imagine it's something like that with like glasses, alcohol, and maybe like one of those um, ice buckets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm into it. I am too. I have one. Feel it around. No, but I could. It does have stoppers on the wheel. It's quite quite useful. And the top part, the tray part, comes off. Well, this is fancy, you guys. I don't know if you no, know this about true. her. I did know that. I did. I suspected. I suspected. <laughs> I had a horrible thing. I'm too clumsy to lift it off because all of the glass would then shatter. Oh. <laughs> the risk you run, you know? Um, okay. Episode beats. And don't worry, guys. I've added in the new stuff. So it's Pink. in the beats list. I've remembered. Okay. Thunder weather no a uh, secret doors closet hiding no poisoning or bludgeoning i believe stabbing right i had to okay yeah phone phone wire cut uh no she shaking no Ooh, yes. yeah yes I, there was a she shake uh, it was beyond a she shake though it was like a like a like yeah oh like a forced kiss and then a shake and then another kiss i don't know it was a lot yeah, like when he's in his apartment and she pulls the gun on him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic stuff. How was she? Well, I guess she was hiding there because yeah, how did true. he not he see her? 
yeah, it was he, like that sequence in um, What You Don't Know Can Kill You where they pan around and then the guy's been stabbed in the back and you didn't notice the whole time. It was a bit like that. We are like, I've literally seen the entire interior of this apartment. Where right. could this woman have been hiding? How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> when that happens, it's like the one at the diner with the um, Anthony Michael Hall episode. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. feels like a Mel Brooks bit like in when he's doing when he did high anxiety which was like his spoof of Hitchcock oh yeah movies, I love that I movie. feel like shenanigans would happen like that all the time and so I know someone has just been murdered but I'm also laughing because it just feels like it's a gag yeah yeah I mean that sequence definitely felt like a gag you're like Oh, they've really caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah. Directed this. I was not expecting them to pan around. I did wonder though, when we were watching that, like, why are they following the waitress getting the new coffee filter? This must be very important. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Eh, la, 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 la. So window peep, I did sort of struggle with this. I said when they were walking up to the balcony, it had windows and they were looking out of them briefly for Danny before just going straight out onto it. Yeah. I know it's not great, you know? And, oh, actually, sorry, Megan. There was a doorway peep because when the cop walks in on Jessica or walks up to the garage and Jessica's in there snooping around. Oh yeah. He stops and peeps at her for a while before she knows that he's there. So that's true. Yeah. I feel better. I feel right. Um fake name ID Rick Barton is Peter Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh the fuzz cop quirk we have Miles Underwood and I said he's a pretend Asha Southern cop. Yeah. yeah. He had a lot of quirk. Well, don't that beat all. <laughs> I liked him. I thought it was funny. I like what she called him out too. And he's like, well, you know, you can but try. <laughs> that kind of then thing. the second, he's like, okay, we'll have, you know, our lab tested again. Yeah. Well, I know he bosses everybody around. Uh, cop chemistry. I said yes. I did too. I did too. Big time. Once she uh, got, like, got wise to his his mm-hmm. scheme, I think he was just like, okay, right, this this lady's smart. Like, he's like head over heels. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I've never read a book before. So he says something like that. I've never met a writer before. And she just like rolls her eyes at him. She's like, she's like, I got your number, buddy. Um, businessy business, uh, searching for a missing relative. It felt like there was some talk of that or inheritance yeah or like con artistry yeah i mean there was talk it was interesting actually about the con because they were like this is more money than we could ever spend in like 12 lifetimes it was two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it's like i'm not well, saying that, that for- was just his like finder's fee for finding him i think i mean they didn't say it but I think he was going to con that guy out of more money later. Oh, okay. I'm like, a dummy. If they were yeah, successful, right. I think he was going to like split it with him. Like, or just keep blackmailing him for the rest yeah. of his life, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Jonathan scale. So I don't know if these guys qualify as Jonathan, you know, because they're. Like Rick was a little haphazard and like. But they lack the kind of like. A complete incapability of the Jonathan. 
Like, I, I feel yes. like they both can look after themselves well enough. Like, a Jonathan can hardly, like, find the bathroom in the... Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, no, just... you're totally right. Uh, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> right, like, Jonathan can't... Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Jonathan. I get it. cannot. Petite feet? No, unfortunately, <laughs> we had no petite feet. Uh, smooches. Danny and Leona smooched. Familial ties. These are old friends. I suppose to Jake. I don't think so. Um, fave outfit. Worst outfit. Glennis, why don't you start us off on clothes? I mean, there were a lot of good outfits in this. I thought, but the the my favorite one by far was Jessica's like sort of silver jacket and pencil skirt with like a very deep red um mm-hmm. blouse mm-hmm. with a brooch um but I, I thought all her outfits were good she also had a gold chain and like a brown long sleeve like turtleneck thing that I'm normally not like the biggest fan of brown but she looked great um then my least favorite was Leona's she was wearing this like red and purple coral <laughs> blouse and it had she had this enormous gold brooch on it <laughs> like, like, it was kind of neither here nor there but the, the pattern on the shirt was horrendous and they also just like her hair in that outfit was also like not that great and like it just was it was the whole look was chaotic okay it's tough to hear. Mm-hmm. It that. is tough um, to hear. Uh, okay, Megan, you're true. Well, I agree on the Jessica side. Um, I loved Leona's red outfit. And... <laughs> it wasn't the red outfit. It was like a red and purple flower outfit. Yeah, because there was one scene where she's wearing a red blazer with like a paisley print and a black dress underneath. That's one outfit. That was great. I okay, think uh, that's the... talking about the second outfit we see her in. That's a okay. Like, no, then I like the first outfit. Purple flowers. Yes. And, like, okay. Yeah. Red. Sorry, I'm remember. Yes. Yep. And I drew. I drew the the brooch. It's a stunning drawing. I mean, Glennis, it's amazing. I mean, that is gorgeous. You, sorry, did you say worse, Megan? Um, God, I mean, I know now which other outfit Glennis was talking about, but I didn't like hate it that much so I'm not sure I do okay Ashley what about you um I liked Jessica's outfit at the beginning it was a red blazer with a black shirt but I also wrote down Leona's that was a red blazer with a black dress so I'm thinking (laughs) I like both of those color combinations Uh (laughs) Um, I also liked um Rick's blue cable knit sweater at the end oh yeah and for worst outfit, um, it's not an outfit. It was Jessica's hotel room that had a pink couch, red pillows. And then there was a pink bedroom, I think, at um, what's his name? Andrew's house. There was just a lot of pink interior that, uh, 80s pink interior that really wasn't in it for me. Yeah. There was a moment where she was sat on the phone in front of a lamp where the base was all crystal. And then it had like gold fittings. And it was like, Gosh, that is really of a time. Like, it just really paints, uh, like, 
Anyways, um, I uh, agree. I really like Jessica's outfits. She, I also really like that jacket she wore at the funeral, which was kind of like a high-necked navy belted one, or maybe it was black, but it was really mm-hmm. nice. And I had, didn't write down worst outfit. I thought everybody looked great. So did, yeah. there we go. Um, biggest hunk. I have not thought about this that much, so I am hoping somebody inspires me here. Uh, Megan, you start us off on biggest hug. I mean, I know she's ultimately the murderer, but I have to go Leona. Okay. I mean, Michael Beck is a the guy that plays Danny is like a good looking guy, but he's such a, like a I don't know. I don't like him. You know his character. No. Ashley, what about you? Oh. So I did think Rick was cute, but I think I'm going to, and then I was like, well, I also think Lane Smith is pretty cute. Like he's pretty mm-hmm. charming. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go that I am. It's tied between uh, him and Anita Morris who plays Leona, but I'm going to, I'm going to go Lane Smith. Okay. Glennis, what about you? <laughs> She's like, no one. <laughs> Shocked. No, the hunky uh, sergeant. Oh, oh god of course sorry <laughs> i sort of forgot about him <laughs> how dare you <laughs> that yeah he was uh, like objectively he was the biggest hunk of the episode that that cop um yeah, Lane's this not bad looking i yeah, feel like I he's agree. so embedded in my childhood as like kind of being an old man that it's hard for even though he's probably not that old at this episode but anyways oh I didn't do AJ nothing but a number sorry oh yeah I'm curious about that I'll really quickly say my biggest hunk is um I'll also go Leona I'll agree with that but yeah. sorry AJ nothing but a uh, number it was me so yeah so Andrew Carey was 76 Roger Philby was 70 Michael Beck was 40 and Rick Barton was 41. Edie was 33, which is okay. maybe older than I thought that she was, even yeah. though she's, you know, Leona was 46. Glynis's beloved Sam Bottoms was uh, 34 in this episode. Alma was 61 and Miles Underwood was 53. Okay. So J.B. Burns, Ashley. I didn't have any JB burns. I just had one from the police chief. He says, is it hot in here or is it just me? It's like one of those Swedish saunas. Lovely. Yeah. And then he asked her if she lost an earring, which felt sexist. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, what about you? Okay. I had a couple. He said, oh, okay. So first Leona says, when she thinks the cop is like an idiot she says if i ever was on the most wanted list i would know where to hide out and the cop says the the grandfather's gonna stay alive due to pure cussiness (laughs) and that oh i can't remember who says this maybe jessica when she's trying to trick everyone she says did someone already say this she said that fool of a policeman wouldn't know a clue if it was dressed up for Christmas. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh, yeah, she says it. When she and Edie are performing their Oscar worthy. I thought that part is. was really, really good. <laughs> it was, yeah, good. It was good. I very much enjoyed that. Oh, and he says, I sure recognize horse pucky when I step in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot. That's that's the cop, yeah. Glennis J.B. Burns, 
Um, uh, no J.B. Burns, but the police chief again, he says to the coroner, he says, if I wanted it tomorrow, I'd do it myself. Or does he say that to the sergeant? <laughs> yeah. It was very sassy. And then also um, Roger Philby says to the um Andrew Carey he says he brought someone with him a girl don't know what to do about that and he was so grumbly and shady about it I was like that's fine yeah and Andrew's like um said tell the chef to set out another place for dinner and that's what you can do. <laughs> um I had just written down two others that hadn't already been mentioned one was from Roger when he says careful Mr. Schubert slander can be an expensive indulgence I liked that yeah. And then um, Leona says to Danny, save it for the civilians. When he's trying <laughs> to tell her how uh, Rick is definitely Peter. She's like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, favorite guest star? Uh, Megan. Tough one. I'm going to go a tie between Lane Smith and what's her last name? Anita Morris. 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 Yeah. I really, really like them both and thought they were great. Okay. Ashley? Those are my two, Lane Smith and Anita Morris. Okay, Glynis? Same, same. Okay, same. Um, I also will say them as well, but I do want to give an honorable mention to Roger Philby, who oh, yeah. his greatest achievement, of course, is being in Son-in-Law, which... Huh, he is? I didn't realize that. I thought Lane Smith was in Son-in-Law. I thought it was Mason Adams. Are he they played both in it? He plays Walter Walters Jr. Something like you remember They're the name. Both is it in a- it? They're both. Oh my in god, it. he is Walter Warner Sr. No, and then I was trying to figure out who Lane Smith plays. The dad. He must be the dad. Walter Warner. Uh, so, th- so it's him, and then the other guy plays yeah. his father. Oh, that's really funny. The I um, it's funny because I showed, I made everybody watch the Goofy movie, a Goofy movie. Sorry, the other weekend. There's like a Polly Shore character who's the AV yes. guy at the school and like <laughs> like trying to explain that this is like a character that exists in like American cinema of the 90s <laughs> to like a small <laughs> child. It's like, oh, right, okay. It's a bit of an unusual, <laughs> like so ubiquitous that even Disney was like, we got to make this character like yeah. into cheese whiz and like, you know anyways it's really good the goofy movie the goofy movie is really good um but what what part of uh Polly Shore's catalog are you going to start with when what showing, showing yeah showing yeah. it um yeah. like obviously you start with Encino man yeah, yeah. That's gotta be. you need to buffer it out I mean son-in-law is like a rough like I don't know I've only seen it once but I remember it not being like as like light as I thought it was gonna be also you're like why would this girl be charmed by this like Uh, unbelievably annoying guy like you just it whereas like in Encino man he's just kind of like a dopey guy that this sort of weird thing happens to that and isn't there another boy as well that's like there's two of them that find the guy yeah. is it just him it yeah. sean astin sean astin yeah yes oh that's right okay yeah sorry, yes anyways sorry yes derailed uh glennis's guess glennis who'd you guess i guessed edie i just i wasn't really sure it was wrong but i guessed it 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it could have gone either way there. Okay. Fave moment overall ranking. Megan, do you want to start? I really do like the part where Jessica and Edie are, are pretending to have that big fight. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give it an eight. I really like this episode. I think it's interesting. I kind of would have liked it a little better if at the end there was like a reunion with Andrew and who we now know as Peter. Me too. I feel like we were robbed of that. It's coming. We were robbed of it. (laughs) All right, Ashley, your turn. Um, I would say I'd give this probably a nine. Okay. Yeah, I actually really liked it. And I had I had forgotten about it. So it was a it was a really I thought it was a really good episode. Uh, my favorite moment is probably Jessica engaging with the police chief, especially when they first find the body and he's like hamming it up doing like the country bumpkin thing. Yeah. And she's not having it. Yeah, that's great. Uh Glennis, what about you? Um, I enjoyed this episode as well. I um yeah, when it was time for me to guess, I was like, oh, really already? So um, I'll give it an eight. And my favorite moment was when, yeah, Jessica was putting on a performance of a lifetime. Okay. I like, my favorite bit is the bit where the cop is interrogating Jessica and Leona. And they're like trying to explain what the relationship is to each other. And they're just like (laughs) rolling their eyes at this guy because they're just like, oh my God, this guy is so annoying. and I probably would also give this episode an eight. It's, I think that I think <laughs> in the presence of um, particularly Lane Smith when he's introduced sort of halfway through-ish or maybe just before halfway through really like gives this episode kind of like that added push like it where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, this now you sort of, cause I think Danny's interesting and I think when he dies, you're like, uh-oh, but then the cop gets introduced and, and also Leon is great. Um, and, the, and the general sort of like conceit of it is really interesting yeah. about what's going on here. So um, yeah, so it sounds like it's pretty positive across the board. Uh, <laughs> was there anything else anybody wanted to add before we close out? All right, great. Well, thank you so much everybody for listening and we hope you'll listen again next week. Bye.